Good evening. Hope everybody is doing well this evening. This is uh, the 21st of February. This is the day that the Lord has made. We can rejoice and be glad in it. I hope you are. And if you're not, if you're having a, what I call a bad hair day, uh, don't be upset. Don't feel that you're the only one or anything of that nature, you know, everyone has a bad hair day, everyone. I don't know an individual that does not have a bad hair day. And so if you're having a bad hair day, if you're having some challenges or something of that nature, then I want you to know that, it, first of all, it is not abnormal. It's a normal thing to have a bad hair day. It's a normal thing to feel different type of emotions. And um, certainly, and the Bible gives us um, guidance for certain things. Let me just use this one example. He says, the Lord says, be angry and sin not. So you may feel angered about something, but don't do anything wrong. Don't do anything wrong. Matter of fact, and that includes... Uh, spreading it around to everybody, telling everybody, oh, I'm angry, you know, and what happened or anything of that nature. You, you know, don't do not do that. Be angry and sin not. And so with that being said, let's go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your kindness, your grace, Lord. Thank you for your mercy for watching over and keeping us throughout this day. But this is the day that you have made and we can rejoice and we are rejoicing and being glad about uh, the opportunity that you have given us, Lord Jesus, to live a sanctified life, to live a holy life unto you, Lord God, to live a life that is pleasing in your sight. We have your word, which gives us exactly what we need to be pleasing unto you. Lord God, thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to do your will. Help us to understand and know what your will is. Uh, as situations arise in our lives, Lord God, we know the basis is to present our, our bodies of living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto you. That is, that is our reasonable service, Lord, but with each situation that arise, whether it's with a person, whether it is on the job, uh, in relationship, Lord, and as we journey along this way, Lord God, if it's something that is spiritual, Lord God, we just pray and ask that you will guide us in that moment. You said if we acknowledge you in all our ways, with our whole heart, lean not to our own understanding, Lord God, that you would direct our path. Lord, and so we're looking for you to direct our path. We're looking to follow those, uh, what you said, to acknowledge you, not to lean to our own understanding, and to do this with a total commitment unto you and to follow the instructions that you give. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Listen, uh, you you are listening to Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. That is a temporary location. Uh, and I say that because I have expectations of us moving uh, into a facility and setting up the dreams and the visions that God has provided for COG. And, and so uh, I'm, I solicit your prayers as we are prayerfully and diligently uh, looking and as the Lord open up doors for us, then um, 
you know, we will walk through those doors. And if he closes a door, uh, if you've ever been in a situation where God has closed a door, I, I can tell you about one that recently closed on. Uh, and so um, and, and so you those are things that you have to accept no matter what you thought about it. Um, and so we're just being real about what God has to do. You know, um, tonight we're just simply talking about God's word, but we've always only talked about God's word. Yes. And not my opinion is nothing. Your opinion is valuable in whatever situation you're dealing with. But God's word should have preeminence above our opinions and everything else. Listen, Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. Now, we believe the Bible is the word of God. I know I do. I believe the Bible is the word of God. And I believe that you do, too. And there are others that believe the Bible is the word of God and they want the word of God. And so give them, share the link with them so that they can receive, hear, listen, meditate. You know, the Bible tells us if we meditate on his word, we'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season. And our leaves will not wither and whatever we do shall prosper. You know, that's prophetic word. That's a prophetic word that's written. So therefore, because it's written, then it has to come to pass if we line up with it. Now, we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful. We're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. There is no way around it. There's no, and you shouldn't be looking for a way, uh, but the word of God. That's all we should be looking for is what God has to say about the situation. And he has spoken regarding every situation that you could possibly think of. Now, someone may say, well, does the Bible say don't smoke a cigarette? No, it doesn't. It doesn't use the word cigarette. Okay. So let's not, I just use that for an example that because sometimes people want to just really go there, but let's not go there. All right. Uh, we're, to, we're told to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. Now that, that means, uh, purification. Um, nothing should have us so addicted that we cannot get away from it. Now, of course, there, there's some challenges that, that all of us have had, and I can talk about that too. Um, as I've shared, when the time, when times are right, I share certain things with people as they may need to know, because uh, certainly none of us was saved all our life. And I only know of one person that was born with the Holy Ghost, and he and that was John the Baptist, um, as a human that was born with the Holy Ghost, and then uh, he received it when he heard the salutation from Mary, and he became joyous, conception of life. So, so we can get even get into talking about when his life conceived, and when he leaped in his mother's womb, she was filled with the Holy Ghost, and wasn't nobody there except her, Mary, and and Jesus, who was in the womb of of Mary and they received the Holy Ghost. All right, listen. So there, there was an outward, there was an evidence that, that displayed of them receiving the Holy Ghost. You need to understand that. Everything God does, there's some evidence. And he even told them in the scriptures, um, as we read through the scriptures, that if you don't believe, if, you, if you're not gonna believe, believe the very works, the evidence. All right. 
And so we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. You have to obey the word of God, no matter what you feel, what you think. If you're going to be saved and if you're going to be blessed, you'd have to obey the word of God. There's you have it's a must. Capital M, capital U, capital S, capital T. And so, listen, I want you to save the dates. These dates are of significance, interest. And so, uh, May 30th, 31st, and June 1st will be here before you know it. And we'll be celebrating SoCal Pentecost. Uh, and I'm excited and hope you are too. Uh, information has been posted on the COG website that is connectingtruth.org. Connectingtruth.org. And so that time, you know, we're just around the corner uh, from that, from those services. And so um, now we're in the book of Genesis, touching the, the law, the universe, earth, man, and spirit. We are touching uh, the cause and designing mind behind everything, which is the Lord himself. And, and so as we go through the word of God this evening, we just... Again, we're just simply talking about the word of God. And I like simple, you know, there's a juice called Simply Orange and, you know, and then there's Simply Lemon and it's mixed with strawberry, Simply Raspberry, Simply Blueberry. You know, they're not supposed to contain artificial flavors of any sort. Uh, the label is clear and it says not from concentrate or mean frozen. You're not going to add water to it. It's 100% pure squeeze made with real lemons or or the fruit that is displayed is supposed to be all natural and all natural ingredients. Now, if you really want to ensure it is pure, then go to go to a store like Trader Joe's or a host a whole food market, you know, and they have machines and you can put the oranges in the machine. Some of them already have machine have oranges stacked up in them. And you know it's freshly squeezed. It's going through the process of, of, of squeezing juice from uh, the oranges at that moment, right in, in your presence. And so you know that it's not artificially flavored. And so your personal devotion, uh, the quiet time you spend with God is you squeezing or juicing it for yourself. And that's important that you juice it for yourself. I think that's the preferred method. That way you don't, you don't, you know for sure that there are nothing, there's no, nothing that has been added to what you're, you're producing. When you meet up with me, like right now, uh, you're getting freshly squeezed juice, okay? That there's nothing artificial and you can, you can go back and run it through a strainer if you want to and you, you'll just get pulp uh, from the orange you know, the, from from the juice, that's all you're going to get because there's nothing else that's been added to this. There's no preservatives, no sugar or artificial flavors has been added. This is not from anything frozen, uh, neither consecrated. So it has not been watered down. Neither will it ever be frozen content, uh, meaning that it's a message that someone else has taught or preached. And, and now here it is, uh, I'm re-preaching it, giving it to you as if I sought the Lord for it. You know, I, I, I've heard that and I've seen people um, in my own personal circuit that did that. And I was just at, I wasn't at all because 
the message was great. I was just, I was concerned with the fact that, that they're re-preaching someone else's message to the extent that they're even using their own, their body language and their terminology. And, uh, you know, God is unique. He knows just what to do. And all of us are unique and defined. And so that's a whole subject for another time about God's uniqueness and his defining because man has really taken this thing and messed it up. The regulations and different things that people have taken and stripped away from the scripture uh, um, and what they've done to their own satisfaction and what they've done, done for their own organizations and different things is, has prohibited uh, what God would have done. And so one thing about God, he does not force us. He does not make us do anything. He is a complete gentleman. Um, and so you need to understand that, ladies, understand a gentleman does not force himself upon you. And gentlemen, understand ladies do not force themselves um, either. All right. So in the book of Genesis, we're in the 26th chapter. I'm going to start at verse 1 through verse 6. It says, and there was a famine in the land. There was a famine in the land. Besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, so that we know this, so this is the second famine. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down uh, into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall um, tell thee of. So do not go down to Egypt. Sojourn in the land and I will be with thee and I will bless thee for unto thee and unto thy seed. I will give all these countries and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven and will give unto thy seed all the countries and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And so Isaac dwelt in Garrett. All right. So uh, again, there was a famine in the land. Besides the famine, there was, that was in the, the days of Abraham and Isaac went to Abimelech, uh, the king of the Philistines. Now a famine could be unemployment, could be employment reduced, um, meaning that they're laying you off because they feel that they, they're cutting back. Now, usually when they start laying people off, from my perspective and my position and that where I've been in, um, they will start somewhere at the top where the salaries are pretty high and work their way down. Now, eventually, um, it, it might make its way to you. It could be something disabling. Therefore, um, it's impacting your resources. Whatever the case may be, God has a, a reserve set aside for them, and he has one set aside for you and I. So the Lord, uh, as we read, he, he told them, don't go, do not, do not uh, go to Egypt. Don't go there. There's certain places you should not go for help. There are certain people you should not ask help from. 
whatever the case may be, they're just you shouldn't you shouldn't go there. It appears that Isaac first uh, his first move was to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines. And the Lord stopped him and, and told him that he didn't want him to go any further. All right. And so that's important that, that we listen for instruction. God told him not to go any further. Don't don't go there. And so it's important that we follow those instructions. Now, for those listening and willing to obey, you're going to have to you're going to have to check what you're about to do. You're going to have to stop and, um, and and wait to hear from God. Now, all the time, the Lord don't speak. Now, people people speak a lot or say the Lord told them. I don't read in the scripture that the Lord talks as much as people say he does or did even with them because they seem to always have a conversation going on. But when the Lord does not speak, you have to stand still and you have to wait so that you get a proper answer. And answers may come through dreams. It may come through spoken word. It may come through a vision. You may be sitting down reading the word of God and it becomes clear what must be done. The Lord appeared unto him and said, go not down into Egypt dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. So until he tells you what to do, you have to be still, period. You, you just have to wait. You have to wait. And waiting is, is not that easy of a thing to do, is it? But it's something that we learn to do. The scripture tells us to um, be patient. Scripture talks to us about being patient and possessing our soul salvation. And so we have to learn to just stop and wait and, and wait on God, no matter how long it may take. You know, during the time that we might be dealing with something, we might, what I mean by dealing with something is that we're, we're waiting on him and we're feeling the, the pain and, and what we're dealing with, you know, the anxiety and different things. But I, I tell you this one moment. And I'm not talking about one moment in this kingdom either. I'm talking about one moment right now. Uh, will certainly wash all of that away. It will take all of those things away. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee. So the first verse references the fact that Abraham, Abraham and Sarah experienced this. So what you're dealing with, what you might be dealing with, you're not the only one. Someone else has already been there and done that. Someone else. And so if you recall the, the famine, Abraham and Sarah, they went to Egypt. They went to Egypt. And they experienced some, something that was there. And the Egyptians certainly <laughs> experienced it too. Now, when your pastor the one who's watching for your soul instruct you uh, what to do or what not to do. Don't blow it off. Don't blow off the instructions. Um, here's a way that we blow off instructions. We make excuses. Now, you may make an excuse in your heart and never say anything, but you've made excuses. Uh, maybe there's fear. I'm scared to venture out and to try something 
Um, it may not even be anything different. It may be in line with what you're currently doing, but, but fear. We get comfortable right where we are. And so we don't want to change. I don't like change. I've heard that many times from people uh, and they say it as if it's a badge of honor. I don't like change. I'm Listen, a lack of confidence in, in self. Now, if you lack confidence in yourself and there's a lack of confidence in, in God because you're saying he's my God, you're saying that I serve him and you're being instructed by him what to do and yet you don't move, then there is a lack of confidence in what is being presented. We lack or we blow off the instructions because we're listening to others and the list can go on and on. And so therefore you forfeit the blessing. You forfeit what you would have received. You've surrendered it. You've given it away. You'll never know because you didn't try. It's like someone uh, coming along and saying, I, I have an opportunity. Oh, listen, don't blow, don't, don't forfeit and blow things away. No, but if you do, that's of your choice, your choosing. At that point, it's time to, you know, until you get real about, about, about the Lord and following what he has to say, there's no need to pray and say, Lord, help me. Now, there's a lot of analogies that people have given um, about about the Lord sending a blessing. You know, some are waiting for that big thing to come, you know, like the man who was stranded, the flood had come in and he's he's praying, Lord, send help. And someone comes along with a little rowboat. He's like, no, I'm waiting on the Lord. Someone comes along after a while, you know, they didn't came with a raft, they didn't came with a stick to hold on to. And they're still waiting for that big bang theory to occur, a big ship to come floating down the street. And it didn't happen. So the man drowns because of the rain. He, he's consumed. He's overwhelmed by what is occurring. And he dies. And they say that he stood before the Lord and asked the question. And remember, this is an analogy because this is this is not. No. And. He said, well, I prayed and asked for help. And the Lord, told, I, I sent a, a raft by, I sent a man, you know, even a floating log by. And you never took an opportunity. And so here you are. We have to be ready to, to venture out. We talk about, about believing God and, and following him and that he's sovereign. And I believe the word of God, but we don't really believe because our actions say different. Now, Egypt had certain things there, but God did not want them to rely on what they had. He wanted him, Isaac, to rely on him. And so he tells him, do not go to Egypt. It don't matter if they had supplies. It don't matter if they had resources. It don't matter. It don't matter at all. It don't matter how good it looked. If they were giving it away free, if God said, don't do it, then don't do it. Don't go there for help. And so uh, God wants our dependency to be on him. Now, Sarah and Abraham, as young as they were, 75 and 75 and 65, did not have a baby for what, 25 years? 
God wanted to show that it's not about them. It's about him and his word. And so we need to make sure that we follow those instructions like Isaac. Um, Isaac could have uh, nodded his head and said, okay. He could have said, you know, the famous, the famous thing that we, we, we say in churches is amen. Go ahead. And we say amen and go ahead and all of that stuff and do nothing. We do very little compared to what uh, we are being instructed to do. How are you going to see the hand of God, see the miracle that God wants to perform if you're not willing to yield to what he is saying? How will that happen? Isaac could have replied, nodded his head and, and never did anything that God said. He could have went on to um, to do what he wanted to do. And that was to go down to um, go over to the Philistines, travel down to Egypt, you know, and just wander around and do many things that he wanted to do. Some reply, I'm good. People again say, man, not because of total submission, but out of habit, out of habit, out of habit. There's something about church. We, you know, you see it all in the movies. You see it in, on TV. You see it where they're making fun of, of, of a weekly thing because it becomes such a routine. Please do not let church become a routine. If, if we stop allowing it to be a routine, I'm going to be honest with you. Some of the dancing around that we see will stop because we have to check ourselves. We would spend time on the altar praying and seeking God. We would see miraculous instead of instead of a, a regular session of things. Do you really do we really hear what God is saying? Do we really hear it? This is why at CLG we have I'm always asking the question, did you get it? Did you get what God was saying? Is there a question that you have uh, regarding what was said? So that because you know when you ask questions, it allows you to do better. And so they will tell you at CLG that that I'm that I do open up more often than than not. Is there a question regarding anything that has been spoken? It's time that we be obedient, not be uh, not say amen and not go through the church lingo, you know whatever your lingo is, however you say it, and whatever vernacular that you use wherever you are on this planet. But what about our actions? Do our actions say amen? Is it coming up from our soul from deep down inside that we're saying amen? And, and because of my amen is saying that is true, that I am absolutely going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what God is saying. Now, one of my one of my scriptures, favorite scripture that I, I love when I read it, I fell in love with this particular uh, individual. And you may not know him. You may not know him. Um, you know, maybe when the day come and you're in the presence of all the, the heavenly hosts that we're all there, judgment has been passed and, and all the those that are sanctified, those that are holy are there in his presence. Maybe you might uh, know this, see this person. Mark 9 and 38. 
And John answered and answered him, saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name. And he followed us not. And we forbade him because he followed not us. We tried to stop him because he wasn't following us. But the man simply heard the word of God and he took action. He was casting out devils in your name. And we, we stopped him. The man simply heard the word of God and put it to action. He's not following us. He's not in our organization. Uh, he's not following our organizational structure. Uh, he's not uh, he's not under our he's not under our control. And so we told him not to do this, not to cast out devil, not to provide deliverance for people, not to heal the sick, not to raise the dead. Well, we told him to stop. Don't cast out any devils in your name. Don't use the name of Jesus, which is the only name under heaven whereby we must be saved because he's not with us. He was doing what God simply said to do. He heard the word and he didn't follow them. He didn't have to. Others were doing nothing. Others were following Jesus as they should have been because they needed to be taught. They needed to understand their assignment would come later, but this man got it. How did he get it so quickly? Well, that's a conversation for another day. Some even have the audacity to pray or respond that uh, they have to pray about the situation. You, you ever talk to anybody? Uh, and, and I know as pastors that, you know, as leaders that, that we know that God has given a, a, a divine word to help an individual and they say, I have to pray about it. But you prayed about it and now God is sending a word and you're saying you got to pray about it. You've been told what to do. So that that is not faith. It's vanity. What you're about to do is in vain. It's going to add up to nothing because you were already told what to do. Don't go and ask another pastor what to do. Now, me, I will ask you, what did your pastor say? Let's reference what your pastor said. Not what you're asking me, what you're hoping I'm going to say, because I'm going to ask you, what did your pastor give you? Have you talked to your pastor? I think here's the word of God. That person is watching for your soul and they have to give an account for you. And so therefore you should honor them and see what they have to say and follow their instructions, because now there is an obligation. There's an obligation that whatever they tell you, if it's of the word of God, is going to come to pass and you're going to receive the blessing that you're looking for. Now you, you've wasted time discussing it with others and you're drinking artificial substance. You're not drinking the real stuff. You've grabbed a, a cup of, of, of artificial flavoring. Genesis 12 and 10 says, and there was a famine in the land. Abraham went down into Egypt to sojourn there for the famine was grievous in the land and they left Egypt. They left Egypt because they got kicked out. 
They got kicked out of Egypt. They had um, a little more than when they entered it. And so um, when they left, they had a little more. Now the scripture doesn't say this, but later we see that that Sarah had a Egyptian handmaid by the name of Hagar uh, that uh, created a, a whole new situation um, evolved out of that. So when they, they were booted out of Egypt, and so now God is telling um, Isaac, don't don't go there. Don't go down to Egypt. Don't don't go any further than where you are. And, and so it's important that we understand that where we think we're going to find comfort. God. God has said, no, the, the comfort is in me. The comfort is in me. You may not get it in the moment and you don't have to get everything. I don't understand everything. I just get tidbits of things and I don't know anyone that understand everything. And if someone tell me they always know and understand, I'm afraid of them. I have to back up away from them because no one has that much knowledge or anything. And it doesn't mean life experience don't give you some wisdom and knowledge, but nobody knows everything. All right. And so they were told not to go there. The Lord tells them this because he says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you, regardless of your fear, regardless of anxiety, regardless of the situation looking so bad. Uh, I'm going to be with you no matter what. I'm going to be with you. And so these are the reasons not to move uh, because God is going to be with you. He said, I will bless you. And those things pertaining to you, I'm going to, I got you. I got you. I need you to understand. I need you to embrace the fact that God has you. No matter what is going on in your life, he has you. He has you. Okay. He doesn't always extract us from situations, but he gets in the situation with us. God has you. And you need to know that. It makes a difference on your life. It makes a difference how you act. It makes a difference how you respond, knowing that God is with you and that the Lord will bless you. This included the promise that he made to Isaac's father, Abraham. He tells him, I'm going to multiply your seed. I'm going to multiply you as the stars of heaven. I'm going to give you the uh, the, the seeds, all these, your, your seed is going to occupy all these countries and the nations of the earth is going to be blessed because of you. Where God plants us, there will be growth. And we see that throughout the reading of God's word. Every situation is not ideal, uh, as you may want to think that every situation is going to be ideal. They felt Daniel was in a bad situation and it wasn't his fault but he prospered in that situation jeremiah let's go on a little further jeremiah was in a terrible situation his situation was bad he didn't he didn't set stand in the king's presence like daniel did but those people um they didn't just drink cups of haterade they drunk they drunk gallons of it and Dan and Jeremiah found himself um in 
uh, smelly situations. Let's put it that way. When you talk about being thrown in the pit, the, the muck and the mire, you're talking about some stinky stuff there. And so he was in situation. But at the end of all of that, the Lord blessed him. Now you might be going through something and it seemed endless. I, I want you to know that if you if you treat God as being sovereign in your life, there is going to be a difference. Treat the Lord as being sovereign. He's God. There is no other God besides him. There is no God. There is no relic. There is nothing that people can make, carve out of stone, a ceramic, metal, no matter what mold they might use that is going to replace who the true and living God is. Period. There's nothing else to, to say about that. No one can take God's place unless you allow it. So don't allow it. Let him be, let him be sovereign. Let his word be, has, has a precedence over everything in your life. Now, God plants us and he grows us. And we're blessed and others are blessed because of you. Others are blessed because of you. When they ran into situations, the, the, the children of God, even the enemy looked uh, from time to time and see, is there, was there a prophet among them? Was there someone that knew God that could get a prayer through that can they help the situation out that they were in because things were going so bad? Ten years ago, God, uh, a gentleman contacted me and, and said, God wants you to have this particular job. I had initially refused going to the interview. I didn't said, no, that's not my job. The, the, the job description that they were talking about, um, I said, no, that's not for me. Eventually, the, the gentleman called me back uh, within these. This was all happening within days. And he said, listen, God wants you to have this job. Now, I had been out of job work for like uh, three years. I had a job here, a job there, a job here, you know, in technology. And it had been about three years. I didn't even realize that three years had gone by because of life changes. Situations had occurred that was just terrible. It was stressful. Um, you know, and so there would have been a three year span where things were just upsetting. Pastor, you said it was upsetting. It was depressing. Oh, he used the word depressing. Well, haven't you read in the scripture where people was depressed and dealing with things? Yes, it happens. It happens. But God is able to bring you out. I did not stop believing God. I did not stop seeking him. It doesn't mean that I felt like going to church all the time either, but you press your way. I remember one time I had to speak and one of the um, uh, uh, one of the ministers came to me afterwards and they said, I could see it took everything in you. Because of what was going on in my life at that time. And the pastor put me up uh, to speak. And I needed that. You don't know what you need and, and what it's going to do for you until then. I didn't hoop, holler, jump, shout, run around or anything like that. It was stressful. 
But the Bible tells us to be instant in season and out of season. It was stressful for Jeremiah, but yet he did it. He spoke what, and he spoke and got slapped. He still had to deal with the embarrassment and the ridicule and ostracism and criticism of the people even then. Listen, all right. So I finally went to this interview. And while I was there, the 10 year span that I was there with this company, I baptized the collection manager. The owner who started the business was diagnosed with cancer and I asked his permission to pray for him and to present it to the church. And he came back and said that the cancer was in remission and he wanted to thank us for it. And he shared a testimony with me. His mother-in-law is, is in Germany. She, she's in Germany and she's an apostolic witness in Germany, okay? And she told him about the Lord. She told him about the coming of the Lord, the rapture of the church. And, and eventually at the end of the conference, she told him that she was gonna pray that God would send a witness. And guess who that witness was? I don't, that conversation was years before I arrived. Him and his wife eventually retired and the company was handed over to another group of investors. The CEO then took over and um, one day um, in passing, one of the administrators said, I don't know what it is, but that man likes you. And so one day I'm on the altar and I'm praying I was stressing out at first. I was like, man, they, they done sold the company. What's going to happen to me? Blah, blah, blah. And I realized, nope, just go back in, do your job, do what you need to do. Six years. That was within the first six years. All right. I'm on the altar praying at church and I was about to get up and his face flashed before me. And I realized that there was something going on and I stayed on the altar and I prayed a few days later. That was a weekend that went by when I saw him again, he said, I'll see you in a little while. He went out and was gone for over a month. He had heart surgery, but it was God that intervened and kept him alive. During that time, um, before he retired, he fought for me. When the company was sold, they wanted to do away with me as director, um, uh, of IT because they already had a structure and that man went to bat and I became untouchable to anyone until after he retired. It was two years after he retired. It was to September 1st, the date that I was hired, 10 years of the exact date that I was then laid off from work. Now understand something here. That was all by God's design. I never missed a service. I never drove by, oh, I'm too tired to go to church. No, I was at the church before church doors open, uh, setting up, making sure that everything was in order, making sure the heater was on, if it was cold, making sure the air conditioner was on, if it was hot, because God is sovereign and he knows just what to do. I realized that God gave me that particular job and it lasted 10 years to the date exactly. And he's not done with me. So stay tuned to what God is going to and what he is already working on and what he is doing, because I will be sharing it because he's doing great things. But he's not just doing great things for me. He's doing great things for you, too. 
but we have to allow him to be God. Now, remember, I said I was in a bad situation. Uh, in 2010, it was terrible. It took three years. It took three years to reestablish myself financially. It took three years and uh, up and down and different things emotionally, mentally, uh, as me and uh, my sons and daughters, as we prayed, as we stayed together, as we held on on this roller coaster of emotions that we was on. Three years. And then to regroup and recover. But it was all by the hand of God that it happened. You have to know and understand, as the Lord said, don't go to Egypt. I couldn't go any place to get help. I couldn't hang around anyone to, to come out of where I was. Neither can you. We have to rely simply on the word of God. And we have to be tentative. Now, the word of God says here in the fifth verse of this 26th chapter, because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes and my laws. Now, these things, these things occurred because of what Abraham, Abraham's actions. What about your actions? Let's see what it says. First of all, he obeyed my voice, which means he listened. He listened to what God was saying. He opened his heart. He opened his soul to what the Lord was saying. He opened his, uh, he obeyed the voice. He yielded to what God had to say. So are we listening for what the Lord has to say? Uh, are we obeying the voice of God? He kept my commandments. Now, the commandments, the, the Ten Commandments was not written, okay? Uh, that came later. So what commandments did he keep? He kept whatever God had to say. Whatever he knew to do. And what he knew to do was whatever God said to do. He kept my statues which meant he operated in God's authority. He operated in the authority that God provided. He kept my law, which meant morally, civil, and ceremonial. He did those things that would be pleasing unto the Lord. We also have to do the same. We have to listen to what God is saying, we have to obey what he says. If you don't under, if you're not sure, now I'm, I'm, I have dreams and visions. I've had from when I met the Lord, when I was, I got baptized when I was a teenager, 14, 15 years old. And I began to have dreams and visions. I didn't understand. I went to the pastor, the pastor explained some things to me and I never stopped having dreams and visions. Yeah, I, I've seen things that I did not want to see. Everything, every dream and vision you have is not something that is that you may wake up and rejoice over. Some things will uh, can be heartbreaking for you. Okay, uh, they could be sad, and and so, but God shows them to you for you to see and understand what is what's next. And, and so, um, we have to. We may not understand everything, but 
you have to wait. You have to wait. I, I remember, and I'll share this with you. I remember there was something that was so painful that occurred um, in a dream that I didn't want to have dreams any longer. I didn't want to. I was not, I did not want to go to sleep at night because I didn't want not want to have a dream and see what, because it was haunting. But at the same time, it was true. And when I talked to the pastor, the pastor said, you can't help it. It's the, it's the gift that God has placed in you as a leader. And, and so, and, and that was about 2010 that, that I was told that. And so you couldn't, it's not something that could be avoided. And you have to learn to yield yourself and to hear what God is saying um, and to know how to move in by what is being shown to you. So when God gives you a vision, when he shows you a dream, when he tells you something, you're not always going to get it. And so you may have to just sit and wait. Ponder it in your heart. You can't tell it to everybody. Ponder it in your heart. Keep it within. God will make sure that that it comes to that you understand eventually. Uh, he's not a God of confusion. He's not the author of confusion. That's what the scripture says. And, and so, uh, and he, or he may speak a word to you. He may speak to you. And it don't, God don't have to do a whole lot of talking to get his message across. He could just use, he could just use one word. He could just use three words. I found deliverance in just a few words that, that changed my world. It was not your fault. No, just a few, five words. <laughs> five words that changed my entire life. Because sometimes you can walk around blaming yourself for, for things that may be occurring. You may be trying to figure it out. And based upon our history, and we have poor history, excuse me for saying, but, but our history is, is warped, it's whacked. When it comes down to talking about certain areas, um, men are blamed for certain things and it's not 100% true. Uh, women are blamed for certain things. It's not 100% true. It's all based upon individuals and what they want to do and their perception of reality. Now, understand this, and, and I'm going to I'm going to close have to close with this, but understand this. And I hope you really get it when you're dealing with and talking to people. You have to understand that their, their perception of something is their reality. It could, no matter how insane it might be, it is their reality. And until you understand that their perception is their reality, that whatever they're thinking is their reality, you're not going to get through to them. You're not going to get through to them. And you may not, it may take time to get through to them. And it may be that if they are not yielding to the Lord themselves, um, that perception may exist until they transition from time into eternity. And then that's not in our hands any longer. Perception, perception. What is your perception about God this evening? Will you listen to what he has to say? Will you obey his voice? Will you keep his commandments? You, you know what to do. Will you keep his statutes? Walk in his authority? Will you keep his laws morally, civil, ceremonial? 
Bless your name, Jesus. Simply God's word. That's all he's looking for is for us to hold on to his word and live in it. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace. Thank you, Lord God, for each one that has taken time out of their schedule to uh, to be with us this evening, Lord God, as we simply talk about your word. I pray that your word remains sovereign in our lives, Lord God, that we would that we are found doing your word, keeping your commandments, living in your statutes. Lord, all that we know to do according to your will, bless us to do those things, Lord God, so that you be glorified and that we magnify you even more, that we lift you up, exalt you, Lord God. I pray and ask that you would bless your people, Lord God, as they go to work, as they're on their jobs. You know the difficulties that that each individual uh, are facing or what they may come up against um, in the future. You know and understand those things. And I pray and ask that you bless them, Lord God. Crown our heads with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Lord, for we are your people and we're seeking to do your will. We love you, Lord. We appreciate you for who you are. You're God. You're sovereign in our lives. I ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. May the peace of God be with you. Live holy. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost rest, rule, and abide henceforth now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen.